Yeah. What's good, y'all? Welcome to Witchcraft Grenade. Y'all ready? Let's go. We on the airwaves, y'all. We talking pagan topics. Saying what we want, ain't no gatekeepers gonna stop us. Real witches, real talk, authentic. Talk about pagan life and not just the aesthetic. Yo, we're coming out the shadows every other Tuesday. It's the hottest pagan podcast, Witchcraft Grenade. So grab yourself a drink, yo, and get your mind right. Yo, and twist one up if you're about that life. Yo, turn it up for everybody in the room. This lady book dragging in the cloud and dropping knowledge like boom. Hail and welcome, witches. You're listening to Witchcraft Grenade. We do no harm, take no shit. Today, we're going to be talking with the author of Psychic Witch, Matt Oren. I've been looking forward to this conversation for a long time, so let's get into it, everybody. Welcome, 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 everyone. It is I, Lady Book Dragon, and I have to say, what is the point of being ride or die if people don't let you take a baseball bat to the kneecaps of those that have wronged them? You know, that actually makes perfect sense. I'm ride or die, and I'm like I'm here with the baseball bat, and no one lets me use it. <laughs> it's a waste of a perfectly good baseball bat. Well, I mean, it's 2021 now, you know, so people aren't trying to hit each other with bats anymore. Well, but... They're all just scared of getting caught. <laughs> so, <laughs> what's going on, guys? Welcome to Witchcraft Grenade. Cloud the Pig, a rapper here, and Lady Book Dragon. I had a pretty interesting experience today. Oh, do tell. I got invited to join the Illuminati. Oh, that well, that's when you oh, know yeah. you're on your way up. Because... Oh, yeah, I'm definitely up. Yep, everything's about to blow up because I got I got I got some uh, some lady here. You're going to join those Wiccans that, you know, that sacrifice babies and all that shit, right? I, I, I guess, but I, I don't. <laughs> I so I get hit up on this random person on Facebook today, and they hit me up on Messenger, right? And usually when I get like a friend request or a follow or something, I'm like, oh yeah, let me get you right back because you know I'm trying to build up everything for my music and all of that. And every mm-hmm. single person that rocks my shit, I'm like very thankful for. So I'm like, yeah, you can be my friend. And <laughs> this person's like, hey, you have the potential, and I'm like, <gasps> I have the potential. The potential for what? So I immediately start fucking with this person because I know I'm getting scammed, right? So I'm like, all right. Why me of all people? Why little old me (laughs) out of all the people? She's like, you have the potential. I'm like, you already said that, but why me? And if you're a secret society, you already know all about me, right? You've done your homework. You know everything there is to know about me. So, you know, know all the skeletons in your closet. So so I want to know. What you actually know about me before I say yes, I'll join the Illuminati. (laughs) (laughs) And then naturally I deleted the conversation and blocked them. But so that happened today. Yeah, no. Um one of these paranormal podcasts I follow, one of their first things was a guy who claimed to be a priest for the Illuminati and that they were they were Wiccan rituals that you know, they, they, they ate babies and all that. And it's just like, <laughs> this guy's full of shit. Yep. Pretty much. So this week, everybody, you know, we were talking about this a lot in the last episode that we had. Right. But so You're being giddy, like a little boy, as usual, I, I was, I was trying not to <laughs> fanboy out and, and I have a tendency to do that. So, you know, if I get all googly eyed, it is what it is. But honestly, um, so I'm in Barnes and Noble this weekend, right? Mm-hmm. And I don't know what's happening at Barnes and Noble right now, but the metaphysical 
section is just slowly shrinking and shrinking and shrinking and shrinking. And it's becoming a sad place to be for a pagan. And, but while I'm looking through this small self-transformation like area, it's not even called metaphysical or new age or anything anymore. I see two copies of one book out of all the other books. There's only one copy of, and I see two copies of one book and this, this book I'm looking at it and I'm going, wow, it's super awesome that I get to talk to this gentleman in a couple days. And so I'm looking at two copies of psychic witch by Matt Oren. And hello, we have him on the show today with us. So Matt, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Oh, I'm, I'm excellent, man. Hey, thanks for having me on. Um, I really, really appreciate it. Um, it's funny that you you started by talking about the Illuminati uh, friend request because I actually have a story about that. And it's oh, probably boy. not an entertaining story. But about a year or two ago, like that was a very common scam. That was like the Nigerian print scam of the time, right? Mm -hmm. So finally, I actually decided to interact with someone that was that sent me this whole like, oh, join the Illuminati, da, 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 da. And I'm occult versed enough that I just immediately pretended that I was in the Illuminati. So I started <laughs> speaking to him in like a pseudo, like a uh, Freemason slash occultist manner where I was like, you know, greetings freighter. And like, I started asking him like, you know, what, like, what is the password? You know, I, I just started kind of talking to this person um, using this language and you could tell they were getting a little bit like intimidated and I was like wait like you wouldn't really impersonate the Illuminati would like you wouldn't be that's that foolish right <laughs> to be like pretending <laughs> to be such a powerful organization at, and not even knowing who your contact yeah. so I ended up scaring the person to where they ended up blocking me so I didn't even have to Respect. block. That is so awesome. Just that is amazing. I love it. Love it. I love that so much. By the way, the Illuminati does not exist. It's actually the Freemasons that pretend the Illuminati exists and no one looks at them. <sighs> so they say. Yeah, well, the, the interesting thing is um, the whole Illuminati conspiracy was birthed out of Christian conspiracy theory. Um, the historical Illuminati, maybe it exists still, maybe it doesn't, um, but there was nothing really satanic about it. It was all about connecting with nature and reasoning, and the whole point of it was about being sovereign and not relying on the church or the monarchy. So that put them on the shit list with the church and the monarch. And, and that'll happen, especially Audible back then. gasp. <laughs> Life without being ruled by the Christians? Heresy. Hey, hey. <laughs> so I got to say, I, I had the pleasure of reading Psychic Witch recently. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, I thought the book was excellent. Thank um, you. I really like how one one thing... And, and some like if you go and read like Amazon reviews about it and stuff, everybody's like, this book is a must have. This book's a must have. And then you got a few people who are like, it's all exercises. And then I'm looking at this going, I like the exercises. I like how they're laid out. Oh my and God. I like how they work off of each other. Wow, well, well, it's almost like witchcraft is hands on. Right. <laughs> yeah. How I mean, dare you have a how dare you have exercises? 
in a practice. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like I, I thought that the exercises, the way they were laid out, was wonderful. Right, and some of them say like, "Oh, it's just exercises," and it's not just it's, exercises. It's so much more than that. Yeah, and and so like it's funny because what inspired me to write the book was my frustration with books on psychic ability, um, because they would either just be kind of like flowering like words like just kind of rambling about psychic ability without any exercises or it would be very vague on how to be psychic you know right. yeah uh, mm -hmm. so i wanted to provide something that's like no there's actually techniques that you do that can help you awaken these psychic abilities that people just aren't addressing and i don't know if it's you know um because some of these authors uh like i i do believe that they are genuinely psychic you know so i don't know if it's that they're kind of trying to keep it to themselves you know um because if no one else is psychic you know that helps their career that helps them mm -hmm. look like they're gifted like they're born with you know special yeah. gifts that other people don't have and i think psychic ability is a birthright it's something everyone has it just it, takes it is, work it is a muscle to be trained just like any mm -hmm. other muscle you know in well, your body. there's also you know if you're in a field for so long you don't know how to dumb it down for people so they may have written this book saying oh hey here it is on my level but then they don't realize that they got to dumb it down for people who haven't been in there for 20 years right yeah. yeah. So just just the 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 other possible side of the coin. Excuse you, sir. Do you disagree? <laughs> yeah. So so I has so I was having none of that. Mm -mm. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm sorry. Should I not take their side? It's our witchcraft grenade mascot. Okay. Walk away from Zwei. me like you always do. <laughs> well, that's a great point, and not just that, but also like with occult or anything metaphysical. Um, you know, people think writing in a way that is digestible to people that they'll actually understand is easy and it's actually way harder <sighs> you know um because anyone can like throw out a bunch of jargon and concepts you know that'll fly over people's heads but you know really kind of boiling it down in a way that makes sense um is something that i respect in in other authors that teach occultism Yes. you know because it shows that they understand what they're talking about like at a very base level and that they're more concerned about genuinely teaching people than trying to come off as you know some grand kumba of knowledge <laughs> yeah <Kumba. laughs> well, that, well no it just makes me it makes like the book we both just read for our next episode i'm not, i'm no spoilers right now but i uh -huh. when i handed it to you cloud i said look this is very information heavy if you need to read this twice, do not feel dumb. I had to read this twice to kind of like break it down in my own head. Yes. And for the record, Lady Book Dragon reads a lot more than I do. So, yeah. So I'm just like, dude, don't don't feel dumb if you got to read it. Yeah, I, I, I read. I still read, but I don't read on the level that Lady Book Dragon reads by any means. Um, I consume and, knowledge. Yeah. I mean, it's just I like, look, though, if you're called Lady Book Dragon, <laughs> oh, yeah. know, it would be pretty lame if you. Didn't but yeah, read. your your book is something I've been wanting to add to my hoard ever since I saw it. And of course, when Cloud came to me, he's like, oh, yeah, we're interviewing the author. I'm like. Sure, I gotta get that book. And of course, then he's like, Oh, you can read my you can read my copy just for the episode, and then I gotta get back. I'm like, but 
But the horde. But 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 the but, horde. But but but, but so, I want my horde. But what about my horde of books? <laughs> so we did a, a book trade. So he has assurance. He's yes, I have I have insurance. Back. I, I'm the same. Um, the two things that I hoard are books and decks. Um, and it's it's funny because like since I moved in here, we decided to combine our book libraries. So we have like almost two thousand occult books. That is like in this awesome. House. That and sounds amazing. Or once my library from the East Coast, I still haven't brought it over here, but it'll <laughs> probably double once it does. Like we. <laughs> Well, all of us Goals. are professional occultists and professional occult writers. So, yeah. you know, like that you got a is lot of books. a valuable resource for us. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, the guy who wrote your forward, Devin Hunter, I've been listening to his podcast for a while and he's got his own book out. Yeah. So that's just, yeah. and then. He, he's got four out at yep. the moment and he's finishing up five. Um, he's in uh deadline mode of trying to get it you know done and out um but yeah his podcast is one of my favorites <laughs> I, I know that's biased but he does a really good job oh, I, I, i've heard it as well and i think it's i think it's very good mm-hmm. uh, definitely but we're here to talk about you today that we are so <laughs> let's put you on the spot so, so I'm gonna, i am what's your put favorite you on... color <laughs> black black Nice. So do you, do you, do you want to give the audience a rundown of kind of like how you got into the craft? Like, uh, you know, the teenage years of Matt Orin, the young witch and all of that. So it actually starts even before that. Um, I was, I think eight years old, uh, when I got interested in witchcraft and it literally was because of the movie, the craft, I was raised in a very, um, strict religious household. Um, I was raised in one of the most extreme branches of Protestant Christianity, which is Assembly of God, mm, which yes. is a mix of evangelical and Pentecostal together, yeah, which very, are already two extreme branches. It's very, yes, yeah. yes, I know uh, of it. Um, so I was very sheltered uh, from you know, a lot of things outside of that world. Like I wasn't allowed to watch or listen to things that weren't Christian, but um, I was living with my grandparents at the time uh, because I was a foster kid in my very early life. Um, And I snuck up one night and I watched TV when everyone was asleep and I saw the craft on TV and it was like a religious experience. And that sounds so funny because, you know, it's obviously a fictional movie and it's it's kind of cheesy by today's standards. <laughs> but it also, at the same time, is one of the most realistic portrayals of witchcraft I, in a movie. I, I have made that argument for that movie before, even though I, I have, you know, had what I've had to say about after that part, because it... After the initial like ritual and everything, it starts to kind of go off the rails from there. And, you know, uh, from like a reality of witchcraft standpoint and, you know, but up until that point, it is one of the most accurate depictions. Yeah. And it's it's funny because as I as I've gotten older and my cult studies have deepened, I actually find things that I'm like, oh, this is you know, something that I thought was like unrealistic. I was like, oh, that's actually a thing. Yeah. Um, 
and in the original they had um her name slips my mind but it's Devin something she was actually from Covenant of the Goddess and she was the consultant for all the rituals and yes. stuff to make them realistic but not um doable <laughs> right <laughs> Yeah, so and- I, I, I just start giggling when you mentioned the craft because we've had so many people tell us that they got into witchcraft because of the craft and it's still something I hadn't seen because I'm like, like, it was a bunch of bullshit to me. It's like, why am I even going to bother re- watching it if it's a bunch of bullshit? But now I kind of like, okay, this is so this is kind of piling up. I might need to watch it eventually. I mean, it's very 90s. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I did just recently watch uh the entire movie of hocus pocus i've seen it in parts before there you go but then you know disney disney plus mooching off my parents if you're gonna go for a campy witch movie that's one of the best oh Oh my god i loved it so i mean so the craft i mean well first off skeet orange and the craft oh man he was wow um but okay well i gotta watch just for that yeah yeah trust me (laughs) hot hot um, but the um, <laughs> the um, the thing about it is, I actually started in Minecraft. I come, I came across Scott Cunningham mm-hmm. before the movie came out, so I was already like playing young witch, not knowing what I was doing, but claiming witch by you know the time that that movie had come out. And then all of a sudden, like all these people I knew. Yeah. Wanted to be witches, and I was like, "Oh, well, I got this book," and they're like, "But that's not it. I'm like, no, it's not like the movie, but this is like an actual witchcraft book, you know?" <laughs> like, um, how dare you make them work for their witchcraft? Did you oh, make no, them do no, exercises? No, no. no, you know what I did? I bought I bought a copy of that book like four times. And I kept lent, lending it to people and not getting it back. <laughs> but Scott was I one of my awesome. first, but he wasn't my first. Um, yeah. After I watched the movie The Craft, I was like on a mission, <laughs> like to, yeah, to yeah. find this real witchcraft because I'd never seen it in a way like, you know, other than like the witch archetype, like Wizard of Oz type witch, you know, yeah. I had never seen a portrayal of normal people doing magic. So, you know, I was in elementary school, so I literally was scouring my elementary school library trying to find anything I could on witchcraft which didn't turn up much, as you can imagine. You mm-hmm. get like raw dolls, the witches, stuff yeah. like that. Um, but I did find one book. Uh, it was one of those Time Life books that they used to have on special paranormal topics. And uh, one yes. was witchcraft. Um, and, you know, most of the book is like folklore and fairy tale and mythology. But in the very back, there's this little bit that's on modern day witchcraft and it had like you know Aleister Crowley and Anton LaVey but then it had a picture of Maxine Sanders uh the co-founder of the Alexandria and Wicca and I it it had her and it was talking about Wicca and I discovered the word Wicca um which armed me uh to go to the computer labs which were like new in the school at the time um to get on Netscape Navigator and look up the word Wicca and pull up those Angel Fire GeoCity sites. Oh yeah. Um, wow. Well, you're and we're going that, back. Yeah. So so I found that there were like books on it, like like authors. Um, so I would go to the mall because it was um, that was the closest bookstore we had. Um, and I would 
uh, I found Silver Ravenwolf. Um, I found her uh, Teen yeah, Witch shit. book, which the original cover is literally marketed to look like the craft. It was mm-hmm. brilliant marketing. Um, and I would try to buy it and they wouldn't let me buy it every time. They were like, you need a guardian to purchase this. Like it was porn or alcohol or something. Weird. Um, but eventually someone let me purchase it. Um, I don't know if they were tired or they just didn't care. Um, <laughs> but I read it and like literally that's when my whole path started. You know, I uh, had, <laughs> I had my teen witch and I had like, uh, you know, my little childhood altar that I would like, it was all between my sheets just like porn you know because i'm hiding it from yep. my super yep. evangelical family yep. um, all mine was in a shoebox in the top buried behind a whole bunch of jeans folded up in the corner of the closet that was that was where i hid mine <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah so yeah. um um uh, my aunt grew up grew up in a super religious uh cult yeah, mm-hmm. where she, there was like no Santa Claus, no birthdays. Was it like that amount of strict for you? No, no. Um, it wasn't like, um, like, like that's very Jehovah Witness sounding. Um, it, we still had Christmas, we still had Easter stuff of that nature. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just like, like the whole, um, evangelical mindset is this idea that like it's the end times and we're in a spiritual battle, right? So there's this whole spiritual warfare aggression mentality, like all our little like kid songs were even about being warriors and fighting and stuff of that nature. Um, And then the Pentecostal influence is really interesting because the Pentecostals are um, the ones that speak in tongues and the ones that like handle snakes and you know, do all this kind of weird yeah, the, the snake whisperer types energy work. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. Like it's there's a very, making, isn't there a documentary on this one pastor who would always handle a poisonous snake and say, probably, God would keep it from biting him. Probably. But that is the Pentecostal that, mm. that yes. is, um, it's a reference to the Pentecost, which is after, uh, Christ died and the Holy spirit came upon the people and anointed them. And they started talking in tongues. So mm-hmm. the Pentecostal people believe that the Holy Spirit is still a gift like that and that they can do miraculous things through the Holy Spirit. Wow. Okay. That's very interesting. It's just so interesting how one core belief has so many sects. Well, yeah. I mean, you could say the same for witchcraft and occultism nowadays. Right. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, there's so many of different course. traditions and those traditions are warring with each other. And, you know, it's like, you know, I, I try yeah, to steer it, clear of all that myself, but... Yeah. It's just funny how you were talking about trying to get the witchcraft books at the bookstore. Cause I remember in middle school, I was trying to find anything about witches. And the only book, the one of the only books I could find was this novel called witch, Witch by, um, I had to look it up while you were talking Eva Ibbotson. And I, I, it was a really fun little book about a white witch that was trying to capture the heart of a dark witch, but Aww. it was just like, that was, that was about it. There wasn't really anything in the libraries or anything. Right. But of course, it when fast forward a few years later, I'm 15 I'm at Barnes and Noble. I'm about to purchase a hentai book. They took one look at me and said, "Okay." <laughs> I love it. It clearly so, said 18 plus. They're just like, yeah, yeah, sure, yeah. you look old enough, whatever. Well, and- 
um, swing. I want to swing back to Silver Ravenwolf because because I actually I, I came across her very young as well, and I started with Ride a Silver Broomstick, mm-hmm. you know, and just kind of like went through the that that three set of, that uh, little trilogy of books of you know right. to mm-hmm. stir to magic blank, cauldron blank, blank. Magic, yeah, and it's um they were very influential to Minecraft um as as I've grown older. And then, you know, since then, recently, I've been just kind of branching out all over the place. <laughs> I still identify as Wiccan, but I've been studying and looking into other traditions and stuff. And that's one of the things that, you know, I wanted to say, like, Psychic Witch, it's not a Wiccan book. No, I, well, I'm not Wiccan. Right, right. Uh, and and, yeah. and it's there's a lot to, a lot to say because a lot of books that are coming out on occultism are really just like the 101 and i feel that psychic witch expands on the 101 it has it but then it takes you a little bit further uh, yeah it's would, kind of know? like a level two when most when most yeah, of what you get are like level there's, an, there's another level to the book especially if you if you actually go through the exercises you know, like there's you're you're going to really find a deep understanding of yourself and really be working those psychic senses if you actually follow your book. Yeah, and, um, you know, and it's funny because uh, speaking of like bad reviews, I had one that was like, um, which I made a meme on online, uh, which was the whole that it was. Um, what did they say? They said it was latter day bubblegum pop witchcraft for teenagers <laughs> or something like that and yeah I, I i saw that one yeah yeah actually yeah. i think i have i have i have the reviews up on my screen so let me let me uh but yeah it, it's yeah you've gotten some pretty crazy reviews yeah, um, I, i've got some straight up bible verses and nothing <laughs> you've got you've gotten some hate on on facebook and stuff and i'm sure you ended up on a couple of lists but I, I don't see the problem. With it's not possible <laughs> to please everyone. Take it from someone who by instinct wants to make everyone happy. It is not possible to please everyone. Facts. And he is not going to be true to himself if he's going to try to, to alter his book just so everyone's happy with it. Exactly. Now, when, when you are a creator of things, no matter what it is, you are putting yourself out there. If you even you know, breathe wrong, you offend someone these days. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> but <laughs> so, but the book is doing amazing um i i'm very very happy for you that everything with this book has been so excellent you know i mean the witchies last year you know congratulations on that yeah congratulations for your nomination too yeah i i was not expecting uh i actually had no idea i was nominated until a friend told me and (laughs) (laughs) come to find out they had the wrong twitter handle for me Oh, oh no. <laughs> so I was like, whoa, okay, this is this is me, guys. <laughs> like but yeah, it was it was really awesome to be nominated and you know, for you to win. I mean, that's there there were a lot of people that submitted. Yes. You know? Yeah, yeah. And and even the people who submitted, not everyone was nominated. Like there was a certain criteria of like votes and quality. Um, so just even being nominated is an honor. Um, but yeah, I was I was <laughs> very uh, surprised that I I won. So that was a great honor. It's, it's super awesome. And so you also uh, I'm so proud of him. 
just recently gotten nominated for a COVR award. Do you want to yeah. you want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah. So um, the COVR, or I, I call it cover. I don't know cover. if that's really how you say it. Um, but the cover awards for um, a very long time have been the biggest award in our niche of books. And it shares it with a very new age niche as well, um, which is one of the reasons uh, that uh, the official Witches Abbott wanted to create the witchies because our community doesn't really have recognition for um, our field of witchcraft and occultism. You know, there aren't any, you know, um, there, there just isn't any recognition or praise for the work that content creators and teachers and stuff like that are doing. Um, but yeah, I, I, I am a nominee and that's super exciting. Um, yeah. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So, so take us through your writing process, if you don't uh, mind, or is that going to be yeah, a I secret? Don't, I, I don't know if I can, just because I don't know what it is. Um, <laughs> no, really, I just, I just write like I talk. Um, and, you know, I think that comes through in the book and my blog and stuff like that. Um, because I'm not trying to impress anyone. I'm not trying to, you know, um, sound a certain way. Like I just, it's literally like having a conversation, but just in written form. I love it. Yeah, like uh, I said, I, I got had, I got handed the book before, like a couple of weeks before we we're going to do the episode. And I didn't really get to sit down and kind of take it in parts like I usually do. Mm -hmm. So I really do want to, keep the book longer okay <laughs> okay but no it's just when I, what i was reading i was enjoying it was it was like it's obviously it's a book so this might sound weird but it wasn't like you were talking down to us it's like you're talking with us you're like hey this is who i am this is what i've got i hope you enjoy it it came yeah, off very I would hope not. Um, yeah. Well, there are these um, books that it's just like, oh yeah, well you do this, which I think you were talking about earlier. It's people who weren't able to like dumb things down and we're just sitting here like, okay, well we read your book, but we haven't really learned anything. Mm. Yes. So, so I can kind of relate to like not really knowing the process, you know, um, because like when I, like when I write music, like I have a process that I try to stick to, but it never happens. You know, the muse is going to strike when the muse is going to strike and you're going to write when you're going to write and you're going to, you know, you know what I mean? So it's kind of like when it comes to creativity as well as, you know, putting something on paper, it's very, it's very important that you just kind of ride with the wave. I, I, as I like to play, you know, keep your frequencies in line with that and, and just kind of roll with it. Because when you start pressuring, that's when you start making those little, <laughs> little, yeah, you start making all the little idiosyncrasies start coming out and you, you don't really portray yourself properly because you're, you're overly stressed and all of that. So it's, it's one of those things that with the process, 
when it comes to writing or anything because my writing process is ridiculous because I look at stuff. I don't like it. I throw it out. I read something a month after I wrote it. I don't like it. I throw it out. I yell at you for throwing it out. She throws me. She yells at me for throwing it out, but I throw it out anyway. I, I tell his and, wife to yell at him for throwing it out. Yes, and she does. <laughs> um, but I'm the worst. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I think it's really super awesome. Um, I have. All right, so I I, I got a little a, a little something that I that I want to bring up here, and it, this is what made me a fan of Madeline. All right, and. It was the experience with the young witchling Kai. And I saw it on your Twitter. And I saw that you were communicating with this young this young witch and all of that. And it just really was good. Man, that is doing good work in the community right there. Like that is what I think everybody should be doing when it comes to reaching out to people and all of that, especially when it comes to fans and all of that, it's super awesome. And it's what made me a fan of you before I even read your book. Um, and so do you, do you kind of want to tell the tale of that? I know you've probably told it a thousand times, but I, I, I was about to say, how, can you, how about you tell, share it with everyone else in the class? Because I've been kind of off social media. I know I've told you a couple of times, but you know, you probably did. I, my <laughs> brain does not receive and maintain information well that's why i keep all my books <laughs> fair enough so um yeah i received a message on instagram one day um from a woman who said my son is in love with your book um he's read it several times uh you know we even went to enchanted which is um, Lori Cabot's shop in Salem, where I, I used to work because I mentioned it in the book. Um, I've been there. And yeah, so so she's like, we came, like he came with his book hoping to meet you, you know, and they told us that you moved to California, you know, would it be all right um, if he mailed you a letter because he really wants to write you? And I'm like, sure, absolutely. Um, so I get this letter in the mail and it is the most awesome thing ever um you know he drew me several beautiful pictures and he, he wrote about how much he loves psychic witch he talks about how he's saving up for a broom how he um you know he once wants to get a wand he lost his wand and his cousin was like telling him like oh just get a stick and he's like oh it's not like that um so anyways, I, I wrote him back and, you know, I, I set up some things in advance. Um, I got Penny, uh, who is Lori Cabot's daughter, who makes beautiful wands. I asked her like, hey, can I commission a wand from you? And I told her what was going on. And she's like, oh, I'll do, I'll, I'll do it for free. You don't have to pay me. So I was like, awesome. Um, <laughs> and then I set up uh, uh, right by Enchanted, there is a store or a kind of like workshop space that's because everything in Salem's pretty much witchy yeah. uh, where you can go in and make your own room. Um, so like I set it up so that after the pandemic and they're going soon, I just heard from them. Uh, he and his mom can go and make their own brooms together. And, you know, I talked to Chris who runs Enchanted and I was like, hey, can I get, you know, a gift certificate uh, for this kid? And he's like, yeah, and I'll match it. 
So, um, you know, I wrote him a letter back and, you know, I gave him encouragement and some like, you know, tips for a kid, you know, I'm, I'm speaking to like an eight year old, yeah. uh, but we've become pen pals since, uh, which has been really cool. And he sends me, you know, his awesome artwork. And for my birthday, he sent me a super cool rock that he found that he felt was super special that I had to have. It's just, it's a super sweet interaction and it really touches uh, my inner child because it reminds me of when I was a little kid into witchcraft and I didn't know anyone who, you know, was a witch and I would write letters to Silver Ravenwolf, um, you know, and I don't think she ever got them. Um, in the old Llewellyn books, it used to say to write to the author and it was like Llewellyn's address. Mm -hmm. Right. But like. I mean, she must have gotten thousands. Um, so I wanted to give him the experience that I wish I had as a little kid. Um, well, I'd say you delivered that. I'm going to say this again. Yeah. Goals. Yes. Oh my God, this is so precious. I can't stand it. I love it. So you're just like a genuinely awesome dude. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I mean, you know, I'm human. I'm not. Yeah. <laughs> I've got my flaws too. Yeah, well, well, everybody's got their shit. We're, we're sure. all out flaws. Yeah, but I just, I mean, I, I, I saw that and I immediately started just like following it because I was like, this is something that, you know, it really, really is good work in the pagan community to be able that. to do that. You know what I mean? To be able to help and kind of like encourage a young witch and not like you know sometimes and especially as a young witch not knowing any witches being in the broom closet and all of that you know and, and this is from my own personal experience as well you know when you finally have somebody else to talk to about it be it through a letter the internet anything like that it opens up an entire world of possibilities and, and it really helps the individual to be more confident in their studies and to go and to be encouraged and to stay on the path as long as it'll take you, you know? Yeah. And, and luckily his mother has been very supportive. Um, she is not a witch herself. Um, she is spiritual in the sense that, you know, she, she does yoga and healing and stuff like that, but like witchcraft isn't really her thing. Um, and like literally her child read the book before she did. Um, yeah. But, you know, he, he's lucky in the sense that he has a mother who is so supportive of his interest. Incredibly in lucky, yes. Um, you know, because I wouldn't be corresponding with such a young child without the permission. Oh, naturally, yeah. Naturally, yeah. yes. I mean, the fact that the mother reached out to you first. Yeah. I mean, that says that that speaks uh, like leaps and bounds right there. That's that's amazing. I mean, I would do that for my kid in a heartbeat. But yeah, and, not every parent will. No, you were you were talking about earlier about how like my writing style seemed very um, accessible and like I'm just like talking to people. And, you know, that's that has a lot to do with how I see magic, um, you know, because I believe that everyone is naturally like I believe magic and psychic ability are natural and I believe we're all born with the ability to do so 
And, you know, I want everyone to be magical and I want everyone um, to be able to change their lives and change the world. Um, because also we're up against a lot of stuff that seems hopeless, you know, in our world, whether it's environmental or political or what have you. And, you know, magic is the tools of, you know, literally miracles of, you know, last resorts, no other options. Um, Absolutely. Those. Yeah, I mean, literally me and my fiance were talking the other week, just like, this is how grim everything is looking. And, and it's just like, yeah, do things can get real grim if you, if you stay in a new, if you even like just pay attention to the news, just so you're informed, you get depressed at this point. Yeah. It's like just trying to stay informed isn't good for your mental health anymore. But you see, we have to keep, we have to keep our magic flowing. You know, mm-hmm. we, we just, we have to, you know, like, and, and that is something that I feel as a pagan helps me get through a lot of things, especially like, especially the last four years. I'm not going to get into it all, but yeah, you know, we all have a lot to say about that. And, you know, like a lot of, there was a lot of grounding. There was a lot of protection work. There was a lot of, there was a lot of shadow work. There was a lot of, you know what I mean? There was a lot of inner workings that, I personally did throughout the pandemic and throughout everything that we've been dealing with recently, you know, to kind of find that balance for myself. And, you know, a lot of other witches have been doing that and taking this time that we've had while everything's kind of messed up to work on themselves and do inner work and stuff. And, you know, you see our community growing. So, so lady book dragon, are you up on your witch talk lately or? Um, I, so I actually have not touched TikTok in a while because I would get completely absorbed in the videos and just scroll <laughs> for hours. So I saw one and I, I want you to, I want you to look at this, right? It was a, um, this lady was saying that she has never met a cisgender straight pagan. And that was her whole thing of she's never met a cisgender straight pagan what was her point <laughs> it was just a it was just a tiktok okay and mm-hmm. i mean TikTok still have to have going, like, we have like four or five in our coven <laughs> like what are you talking about lady or are so, they? but i'm bringing up the tiktok because social media in, in witchcraft it, it has really exploded uh over the last you know i want to say probably decade or so um mm-hmm. and matt you are an excellent follow on Facebook and Instagram and all of that. Um, you, 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 first off, there, there are some really funny things that you post. And then there are also the things that you post that really make people think, you know, and, you know, to like ask a question and then have like an entire discussion happen from, you know, one said question. It does a lot for us as a community, I think, for people to exchange ideas as long as people remain respectful about each other's ideas. But like mm, yeah, I, I enjoy lot, apparently. <laughs> I enjoy flipping through and reading, you know, stuff, especially when you post something thoughtful. Um you know, and then you post oh, oh. Okay. Sorry, my computer just like threw a pop up at me telling me i had to update (laughs) but um so while i'm sitting here and i'm looking at it you know 
there's also a few gems in here too. Um, so one of the posts that you put up a couple weeks ago, I want to say, was about shadow people, and I saw almost a hundred comments of people talking about experiences that they've had with shadow people over over the time and all of that. Uh-huh. I can and, contribute a few. Yeah, <laughs> and I was like, you see, now that's the kind of talk that you don't really see a whole lot going on, at least in the circles that I've been moving in recently, you know, and like. So definitely go and check out Matt on all of your social media outlets, really, and go to his website, psychicwitch.com. Or sorry, mattorin.com. Or you can bring up Psychic Witch on the Brain because I've been talking about it so much the last week or so. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) I'm embarrassed. No, but uh, (laughs) honestly, Matt, I want to thank you for coming on. Um, Oh, no, it's my pleasure. Yeah. is, Is there anything that you want to bring up because i know that there are some things coming down the pike for you so yeah, um, what do we, we got going on in the world of matt Oren? Ooh, usually i'm a bit more prepared okay let me pull this up <laughs> well, uh, while you're doing that i'll buy i'll buy you some time i just have to laugh because like rich and i or uh, cloud and i we both read laura olympus and i'm in a couple of groups for that and something major just happened in the last chapter and people are completely divided over it even though it's just like well no, this is kind of a justified thing that happens in the mythos and people are still arguing over it if it's right or wrong. It's like, but it happens in the mythos. You are an episode ahead of me. Yeah, the, the episode that just came out on Saturday. I'm not spoiling it for you. I'm just saying it, it was a major like if you knew if you knew your mythology, you knew this was coming. <laughs> I love it. OK, Hold all up. right. Got it. <laughs> Yeah, so the first thing I'm doing is uh, the Hecate Symposium, uh, which is uh, by Sarita D'Este and the Covenant of Hecate. Um, And that is the date I'm trying to find. Oh, here it is, May 22nd and May 23rd. Um, My talk is on uh, Hecate. Well, it's kind of on Hecate. It's on the Gorgon. So I'm going through like the history of the Gorgon, you know, pre-Perseus myth, you know, what it was, how the Gorgon has evolved and parallels with the Gorgon. Uh, Because, you know, a lot of people don't realize that uh, the myth of Perseus slaying Medusa and, you know, that whole thing is actually one of the later aspects of the whole Gorgon uh, history. Yes, no one knows. <laughs> but Medusa, it, when you know her story, it's just like, oh, this poor thing. When you know her whole story, it's just like, no, she's kind of been a victim the whole time. Yeah, well, even that though, like that is in the term of, in the sense of Gorgons and Medusa, that is actually a later addition. Um, so like, you know, oh, okay, the three Gorgon sisters existed in um hellenic greece uh before that like there's references to them in hades and stuff like that um but there's also a lot of evidence which i don't want to spoil too much um but it's believed that it uh the gorgons were the pre-olympian gods um the the gods before the hellenic greeks you know Mm -hmm. uh took over and the whole myth is about athena absorbing her into herself which is why Ooh. she she asks for the head for the shield and why she uses medusa skin for armor 
you know it's all about really cool absorbing yeah um well you're, you're talking hades like the video game right hades as in uh the underworld okay right. i'm sorry i've got video games on the brain because uh, there's <laughs> i don't know why i asked the video game and but no, no like... it's just like there are a lot of greek <laughs> gods that actually predates the greeks right like actually like per- persephone and demeter or they predate they predate greek mythology but apparently there's no evidence that hades himself predates greek mythology yes i was gonna say that so like the whole persephone being a victim of hades mm-hmm. is newer myth in the story of the uh, you are my dude <laughs> the, like the core existed way before hades and there's even some people who think that hades is an aspect of persephone or no, there is there an aspect of Persephone. I haven't heard this one. Wait. Yeah. So so like the whole because uh, she represents spring, right? Mm-hmm. So, but she, but that's a later addition um, right. in early Greek belief um, and pre-Greek. She was queen of the underworld, like just permanently, like that was her role, um, without evidence of Hades uh, being in there at all. And Hades was a later addition. And then later comes the whole myth of Hades abducting this maiden, and blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. So some people, um, not everyone, but some people speculate that Hades is the shadow side of Persephone and that this whole Ooh. thing was created so that she could, you know, to justify um, not just the seasons, but her role in the underworld. Okay, because what what I what I heard was oh, that boy. Hades was an act because Poseidon used to rule both the oceans and the underworld, so Hades and Poseidon were separated in that, later mythos. That's why I thought you were going to say Poseidon. That's I mean that's a possibility as well, um, especially since um, like I haven't heard that specific theory. But specifically because the underworld in Greek mythology is sometimes it's under the earth, sometimes it's the ocean itself, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes it's like the, the abyss, yeah. uh, land, sky, and sea. Sea is usually referencing the underworld. Um, uh, anyways. History is um, just so fascinating. Beyond that, I also... Um, don't have a date yet, but uh, Michelle Belanger, um, who is an amazing author and paranormal investigator, uh, her uh, her group, House of Keperu, has asked me to be the keynote speaker later um, this year. So that is coming up. I believe that is in July. Um, oh, here's the link. August. All right, August. Okay. July 30th through August 1st. Um, and I will be speaking on the topic of Baphomet. And then um, on the second day, I'll be speaking on um, psychic ability and magic and how it's the same thing, just different input output of what you're doing. Excellent. Excellent. Okay. So, so you got, you're, you're a busy guy. <laughs> yeah. So I have, <laughs> I also have other things, but right now those are the biggest events um, that are set in stone. You're just managing what's on your plate right now. Yes. Yes. You can't do everything. Right now I'm very sleep deprived because like I said, I'm in deadline mode where I'm like, I have super weird hours for writing because 
um, like you were saying, Cloud, you know, it's when the muses strike, you know? Yep. So mm -hmm. if they strike at 3 a.m., it's 3 a.m. that you're mm -hmm. right. Yep. <laughs> yeah, see, what I've been taught with doing all my writing stuff, well, doing all my writing, learning about writing instead of actually writing, which I get yelled at for, mm -hmm. um, <laughs> it's honestly showing up, honestly showing up as half the battle sometimes. Absolutely. Yeah. So I just, I've started what I've been doing is um, I go, I go to my workspace, I light a candle and while I'm work and while I'm work working, that candle's lit. But when I stop working, I snuff it or I use my fingers. So I don't know. Yeah, I, I think a lot of things are like that, including like magic, you mm -hmm. know, like the rituals is just showing up, mm -hmm. um, you know, even if it's, you know, you aren't sure what you're doing devotionally, you know, just sh showing up and lighting a candle, you know, and just yeah. connecting um, sometimes can bring on powerful experiences. Well, it's as a lot of people say, we don't even need materials for witchcraft. We don't even need an altar, yep. but yep. having that altar and having that dedicated space puts us in the mindset better. And maybe we should pr probably apply these magical practices, yeah. these magical rituals to more aspects of our lives. Yeah, yeah, agreed. So, so, so book one, um, that was part of my premise is mm -hmm. that you don't need tools, you don't need objects mm -hmm. um, to perform magic. Um, you know, it's very focused on the inner stuff. Yep. Um, but book two is moving into now that you've got the inner tools down, you know, let's go into the actual physical things, you know, of, of bridging the two. Um, because one of the things that um, I have found uh, can set people up for disappointment um, when they first approach witchcraft is getting kind of caught up on the materialism or getting caught up on treating uh, magic like it's following a, a recipe book um, without knowing that there's a whole energetic connection that needs to occur. There's a whole energetic process. So you know, having a limited word count for a book, you know, I put that as the priority of what to teach first. Excellent. So. Yeah, well, basically, so your first book is laying that foundation. We're getting, what is it called? Scaffolding? Scaffolding. Yeah, we're, we're, we're getting the scaffolding up, but now we're actually going to start making the rooms and putting in the plaster in your next book. Yes. yes. Awesome. And that is the most analogy. I've ever told anyone about book two. Yeah, yeah, so so we're gonna we're we're gonna make sure that we we don't leave any other spoilers or anything like that in there. So let's go ahead and curb that so that that way everybody can be excited for your book and wonder exactly oh. what is inside when it comes out. Because I know I'm looking forward to it personally. And we drag um, you back here by your ankle so you can talk about it more. Yes, sir. <laughs> <laughs> so, I'll come willingly. So absolutely. Okay. So. Well, that's no fun. <laughs> so I definitely want to thank you for coming on, Matt. Now, we got a couple more little segments that we like to do before we leave. You're more than welcome to hang out with us and comment along as soon as you're here with us. We're hanging out. All right. Um, but, you know, so at your leisure, sir, feel free. Lady Book Dragon. Yes. What's in the treasure trove this week? Well, 
Honestly, I thought we were going to keep talking about his book. So that's what I had is <laughs> Psychic Witch by my desk <laughs> because we've gone through so many of my trove already. I'm having trouble keeping up with what we haven't haven't done. <laughs> we need so to make a list. Like, you know, we could just enthuse a book about the, about the book a little more if you want. We can By get into means, the actual. Then let us let us do that for the for the treasure trove. What was what? What's your take so far on it? Okay, so I really want to go back with more time so I could do the exercises. I'm going to prioritize that right now because without doing the exercises in this book, well, without doing the exercises in any book, like yes, you can absorb the knowledge, but you're not really advancing yourself. Right. Because like I said, the knowledge goes in and, so, you know, I go swimming and it comes out. <laughs> that is literally why they're there. Yeah. <laughs> That's literally why I keep my hoard. But I really do like how you've broken everything up. Like you even you even have like an index for the exercises. So if they're like, oh, I remember what, what exercise I'm doing. I just don't remember what page it is. You actually have it in the front. Now, most books have it in the back and then you gotta go flipping through the back of the book going oh where's that damn index no you have it in the front which i really appreciate and so we've had we have this book it's separated into 15 chapters and you really go into a lot a lot okay because we've got you so we have your introduction and that's only nine pages most people that's like a, that's like 25 pages you kind of make it short and sweet which I really appreciate because, you know, in our modern society where our favorite videos are 45 seconds, you know? <laughs> well, I mean, 25 pages is a fucking chapter, so. Yeah, it's just like, so I like that you kept the introduction nice and brief and now you're going into, I don't wanna say the nitty gritty, you're kind of going into the very nature of magic itself. You're kind of like, hello, this is me, this is what we're doing. And now look all around you and know it all is magic, <laughs> you know? <laughs> Just like, it's very organic how the book progresses. Yeah, I, I picked up on that as well. Um, and that, that's one of my favorite things about it. But one, one of my favorite quote that I pulled from your book is that where you wrote, and I'm paraphrasing here, mm -hmm. I feel the question mark is one of the most sacred symbols to a witch. Ooh. And that statement stuck with me. And I was like, that is a very, very intriguing thought. Um, I like that very much. Yeah, I, very good thought. It, 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 I was just like, you know what? Absolutely. And, and why wouldn't it be? You know, like the quest for knowledge, the goddess's mystery, whatever it is that you want to call it in whatever path or tradition you're walking, the question mark. Asking the questions is what drives us to continue seeking for more knowledge. Honestly, saying what if, just like the, the what if, just those two simple words, yeah. and you're opening a whole plethora of possibility. And that's what magic is. It is us harnessing possibility. Right, well also, you know, uh, the witch's pyramid, what's the other term for it? The power of the Sphinx. Yep. What does the Sphinx do? It's questions. Witchcraft is a mystery tradition. And those mysteries are only revealed through experience and questions. Yeah, that, absolutely. And yeah, yeah I just like, when I read that, I wrote it down. 
And I was like, okay, I got to ask him about this. Uh, <laughs> and no, it's just like, the book is great. Like I said, I, I'm holding it hostage from cloud yep. for probably another month. So I actually have the time to do the exercises or time to get my own copy. We're going to see what happens first. Because like I said, it's just, I know people are bogged down about the exercises and I know we already kind of ripped on them, but the exercises are so important. They really are. Because what it, our, our, our witchcraft is a practice and what do you do? Like it's a practice. It's, yeah. it's in the very nature of the term. Yeah. Yeah. If you're not going to use it, you're going to lose it. Simple as that. You read a million well, books, it, but it, if you don't like, incorporate it into what you're doing. It's not going to do anything for you. Well, it's like you said, it's, it's a muscle. Yeah. And if you don't go running every day, you're going to hurt yourself when you try to do that 5k. Exactly. <laughs> So it was just like, I, I really love the book. Like I said, I'm giving it another reread so I kind of can digest the information at the pace that I'm accustomed to. So I have time to do the exercises and really feel it out. But yeah, like I said, I loved how it was written. That that reminds me of um, another common question that I started getting that I was actually surprised with, which is how long should I do each exercise? And, you know, I bring that up because you brought up the term pace. Um, it's just like running, you know, um, but I think a better metaphor that I often use is martial arts, you know, um, Ooh, you can't really tell cool. someone, you know, do seven roundhouse kicks and you've mastered it and can get, you know, your next belt color. Um, everyone has their own pace um, and everyone develops a little bit differently. So it's more about, especially witchcraft, witchcraft is a path of sovereignty, self-sovereignty, you know, so you know, you're the judge of that. Um, and just because you're ready to move on doesn't mean that those things don't need to be revisited and, you know, strengthened and yep. maintained. Yeah, well, Cloud knows all about going back to the basics, don't you, buddy? Yep. And yep. how good it can be for you. Yep. Yep. I, uh, before before I started the, the our current teaching coven that, that Lady Book Dragon and I run here in New Jersey, we, I, I probably spent, solid five years as a solitary was kind of you know still incorporating my craft and everything that i did but it wasn't regularly practiced and i wasn't really touching back on the basics and then you know when we started teaching students and i started going back over everything that i had learned from you know previous covens that i had trained with and everything you know and it all started coming back to me it all started clicking and then everything mm -hmm. just started like <laughs> you know like and you know i've literally through this process i have refound my inner power you know because i was let it go to the wayside because i was like oh yeah I'm a witch, whatever this is cool you know but now i'm like you know, I'm I'm so much more on top of my craft than I ever was, and you know, it's a it's a wonderful thing. And so I'm at the point where I'm like, hey, I want to talk to every witch out there, and I want to learn everything. And that's one of the reasons why this podcast exists. You know, so that we can have minds like yours on, and to be able to talk and exchange ideas and talk about the things that we do within the community and all that. It's really important that we do these things. Yeah and, yeah, and honestly, I, I can't wait for the pandemic to be over. I mean, I know everyone can't wait for it, but I just miss talking to people and I miss picking their brains. And, you know, um, I, I've done podcasts even before the book, you know, like that's not something that 
um, changes. But like I miss meeting new people and seeing people that I normally do and just like, like yeah. tell me about your magic, tell me about your path, you know? Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to getting out on the road and meeting people at doing shows and festivals and stuff. And these are all things that were planned that got shut down for the pandemic. So I've been in the holding pattern for the last year. You know, like I actually released my first album the 27th of April last year. Right. So it, it hasn't even been out a year yet. Yeah, yeah. And and, you know, the community has just been like, this is awesome. Come and do the show and come and meet with us and come and meet with us and come and meet with us. And I'm like, I want to meet everybody, but I can't because pandemic, <laughs> <laughs> you know, so what we do get back out and get back out there to do these things the the ideas and the magic that is going to happen within our community is going to be huge it really is there's going to be a very huge spike in witchcraft knowledge practice worldwide when this thing's over and i'm looking forward to it personally really i'll come am. along if i can bring my dog of course you can I literally have a shirt that says, if I can't bring my dog, I'm not interested. <laughs> what dog do you have? Hmm? Oh, I have two. I have a rescued pit bull and I have, yes. And I then I have people. my, um, my little magical cardigan Corgi. So I don't know if you oh. know the folklore about Corgis. No. But, now, oh, so cardigan Corgis are 3000 years old. So they have their own folklore. Oh. Um, they are actually the, the, ch the preferred steeds of Faye. Oh, I didn't know. I didn't mm. know that at all. No, so, uh, but yeah, so cor cor corgis are considered magical, which is why every good witch should have a corgi because <laughs> you should be able to handle all the hair and all the barking and all the back talk. Uh, I am little. perfectly okay with my Labrador and my Shih Tzu. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we, we have a rescue pit bull and honestly, every pit bull I've ever met, pit bulls are the sweetest dogs ever it's oh my so goodness i love my zelda she puts up with so much from the little guy she is such a good girl yeah it's the second most tolerable dog breed like the mm -hmm. first is golden retriever mm -hmm. uh, but then it's pitbull and one of the least tolerance is chihuahuas uh, of course because everyone's picking up like oh look how cute oh look he's feasting on my hand it's like you see that one video where the guy's just like oh how do i calm down after a day of work and the do dog's like assaulting his hand while he's trying to pet him it's like put They're the mean. demon down i had a chihuahua named rufus and this dog honestly thought he was a great dane and he would just be like up in everybody's face all the time just a total badass and i'm like little dog syndrome a chihuahua <laughs> like, well it's that. just like i honestly do think it's not the chihuahua's fault it's that they're overbred and it's that everyone picks them up and treats them like they're toys and they don't have a sacred space when i got when i rescued zelda i'm like she has two sacred spaces she has her bed and she has her kennel if she's in either one of those she is not touched am i understood this is like golden rule number one because dogs like like we need to be able to retreat to safe spaces the dog needs to be able to retreat to a safe space. And I think that's why a lot of dog that's the case of most aggressive dogs is that they weren't, they didn't have any space where they felt safe. Yeah. But there definitely is, you know, like that scrappy do, you know, little dog. You <laughs> yeah. know, let me at him. Let me at him. Oh yeah. my goodness. Uh, I, my, I, I walk past my neighbors and it's an upstairs condo 
And these two dogs are like clawing through the screen, like, rah, rah, we're going we're to get you. We're going to get you. I'm like, <laughs> and then what? You're going to follow a story and break your leg? Pretty what are you going to do? I just, I literally stop, stop walking. We just, I look at them and what, what are you actually going to do though? And they just stop and they look at me. And I'm like, I see you. <laughs> I love <Bite> it. Bite me. <laughs> okay. So, um, <laughs> We, we got, no, we got we're, ending we're thought is dogs deserve space space and pipples are the best and Hades deserves better Hades always deserves better yes um, so um, yeah honestly Matt thank you it's been an absolute blast talking with you um, I've been looking forward to it for a long time since we set this thing up um, it's my honor thank you alright yeah. um, so, so ladies and gentlemen Matt Orr and everybody thank you so much for coming on one more time buddy all right. Yes. Yeah. You have a have a great evening, my man. All right. And uh, All right. so, where are we at on memes, Lady Book Dragon? All right. So I found one that's really bad. It it appealed to my dark humor. Are you ready? I have a feeling this is going to be like bad. It is bad. I am pre warning you. This is your trigger warning. This is bad. It's offensive. It is kind of. It is a little offensive. So the meme is, you're laughing. The royal necromancer just lost their job, and you're laughing. <laughs> I mean, that's some asshole shit to post. <laughs> it really is. I told you this is like dark humor, okay? Yeah, but I not mean, the like... fact that not the fact that Prince Philip is dead, but the fact that someone thought to write this. Yeah, it's. It's some asshole shit. <laughs> it is some asshole shit, but it's like, this is so bad, it's funny. Because I, it's just like, look, look. The audacity. Someone, someone's keeping the queen alive. I would not be surprised if the monarchy is is into um, the English monarchy. I'm sorry, we're Americans. The English monarchy is into magic to keep the queen alive because everyone knows things are going to go shit with that without elizabeth yeah probably, just saying probably of course will. if the necromancer lost this job mm, 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 that could be bad that could be bad anyways <laughs> that was your trigger warning y'all that was my little dark humor for the <laughs> for the episode <laughs> that's some asshole shit to post though i mean come on man Somebody it died. is Oh my god! People have been posting much worse shit. This was this oh, shit was have. just like this is so bad they it's have. funny. Oh, they have, you know. And, and as much as I like to be unapologetic with like my lyrics and my music and stuff, yeah, like someone that, is dead. You know, someone is dead. I mean, come on, let's, let's little respect. He was ninety nine years old. Yes. So it was this, but he 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 has passed away. Yes. Yes. So moving on from moving the on. terribly bad dark meme. <laughs> I listen I got I got to get my stupid shit in all right right. fair enough every day I don't live in an abandoned greenhouse of a horrifying day backstory is day lost which I say a fucking men I need a greenhouse in the worst way I uh, I could go for a greenhouse I would love a a greenhouse lots of vegetables and other plants that have certain effects on our psyche. Mm-hmm. And I, I told my <laughs> I told my fiance that 
if we ever have like, if we're, if we're never concerned for money, not like fuck you money, but we're not concerned for it and we can make big purchases, I would totally do a saltwater pool, but I would enc- encase it in a greenhouse. That'd be some really hot water though. No, it'd, be, it'd practically be a spa. I guess you're right. And you can use it all four seasons. Because mm. my thing about having a personal pool is just like you only in, in New Jersey, you, you can only use it for like maybe a season and a half and then you got to maintain it the rest of the year. Yeah. Good. So that's why I'm just like, you know, if we ever had the money, yes, I do this. All right. So instead of a hot girl summer, can we have a Hobbit Shire summer? Having a picnic by the Brandywine, writing poetry in the garden, and celebrating with Gandalf's fireworks. That sounds like the perfect summer. Sign me up. I don't know. I don't know. But one thing I will say is that I, I kind of would enjoy living the life of a hobbit. I the mean, hobbit's had a really nice life. Second breakfast? I mean, come uh, on. Yes. And- come on. And what was it to someone put up a whole list of like Hobbit meals and it's like 12 meals. Yeah. That's amazing. Oh my God. I love it. I'd be a happy camper. I would. God, after reincarnating you into this life, into this life for the 1,564th time. Okay. Let's try that again. But this time good. (laughs) Ow. But this time good. (laughs) (laughs) All you have to do is not suck. <laughs> I just, it makes me think of the Iron Man where it's just like you die and you, you're, you're coming to a movie theater with all your past lives and then people, you're, so you're watching your new life be born. And it's just like, oh, so my past lives are throwing popcorn at the movie, saying, movie screen saying this guy's an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love this it. one's pretty good. Um, I, I, I think you're going to like the meme of the week, but this one's pretty good too. Are you ready? Yeah. Why is silly goose a phrase? Have you ever met a goose? They are the most serious, powerful, dinosaur-looking monsters I've ever encountered. Not one of them is silly. And I have to say, yes, geese are terrifying. I I, I would have to agree. Um, especially the, I mean, they're pretty much flying cows. I mean, that's pretty much what they are. They, they fly to places, they land, they graze, they poop everywhere, they fly away. Yeah, but <laughs> cows don't hiss at you. No, they, they chase don't. chase you down. A bull might. So so this is like, this is um, it's probably more like flying bulls. <laughs> yeah, In China shops. Yeah, they are. Uh, I remember one time I was walking out of work with a, with a buddy of mine. And we were walking out and this goose just started flying right for his head, man. Oh, no. And he like hit the deck. And I just kind of watched this bird like fly past him and then land next to him and just start pecking at him until he went and got in his car and just went after just him. And I stayed there the whole time like, why is this thing attacking me? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, he must have had a scent on him or ate something or something that, that triggered this thing into kill mode because like this thing was like full on trying to injure him. Well, listen, Morgan and Ogden have the ravens. So I wonder if there's a god whose animal is a goose hmm. and he <laughs> and he pissed off that god. I wonder if there's like a Canadian pantheon that we don't know about. 
Yes. 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 I need Canadian mythology in my life now. Yes, the Canadian god of East. The the Canadian god of fuck you. Now this is not a knock on Canadians. I am actually a big fan of the country of Canada. I know. See, I'm I I have nothing against Canadians. In fact, I'm friends with Canadians. Me too. Such a, that's such a you have a problem with Canadians thing to say. <laughs> <laughs> No, no, no. It's just like you don't really hear anything about like Canadian mythology. And I need this in my life because well, I mean, it's like you figure there's got to be something that there has to be something that we don't well, know. Well, you got to figure, you know, us growing up in America, we're not taught the same things that they're taught in history books and stuff about their country, mm-hmm. you know, um, and any kind of mythos that would come from Canada. I mean, you got to figure this was a land that was settled. I mean, yes, you have your your native you know, native people, mm-hmm. Canada as well, I'm sure, you know, and to look into that mythos would be quite interesting to me, I think. Mm. But yeah. yeah, and it all spawned, and all of this spawned from a silly goose meme. From a silly goose meme. From a silly you hear, goose hear, meme. You, hear, you heard it here first. We need to look into native Canadian mythology because of silly geese. Yes. Yes. And Anyways. if you know anything about this, comment below, my Canadian people. Um, yes, we, we, would, we love to learn. Yes, and I am a very big fan of my friends in Canada, so do not mm-hmm. take offense of us making fun of the geese, but... We love your maple syrup. They're geese. Listen, geese are I love scary. hockey. We could go through all the stereotypes if we want, but when it comes down to it, every Canadian I've ever met has been awesome, so... <laughs> no, my my aunt and uncle vacationed in Canada, and they said they would just sit outside and listen to Canadians talk because it sounded so amazing. Yeah, but no. So meme of the week, getting back on track. Meme of the week. FYI, the name Dennis is derived from Dionysus. That is all. So this means Denny's. Denny's is absolutely the the domain of a god of chaos and revelry. I just got hungry. Listen, all the just think of all the insane stories you hear that have Madonna Denny's. I I won a grand slam now. Even oh with all God. the insane stories, I, still, I gained I five pounds slam. just from hearing you say grand slam. Oh, they're so good. It's, oh my God. It's so, it was so good. <laughs> that's like one of the things where I literally need to eat nothing else all day. And even after eating at Denny's, I'm still going to have to go run that 5K. It's it, it's a lot, but man, is it worth it? Oh. But yeah, so de- get your mouthgasms in, people. And I'll tell you, if you're out drinking one night, mm-hmm. late night, you find a 24 hour Denny's, go. Because they're it, even it hopping, they're even hopping after work. Yep, Dionysus himself at work. Because you'll go in there and there'll be a whole bunch of other drunk people in Denny's. And it's just like an after party at Denny's where everybody's eating pancakes and shit. So, oh my God, I love it. Kind of like a lot of the uh, 24-hour Jersey diners around this way, pre-pandemic, you know? Pre-pandemic. Pre-pandemic. But yeah, so I think that revelation about Denny's is our meme of the week. What do you think? I I would have to agree. And let's make sure we get that up on the Facebook page for everybody to see. Mm -hmm. And yes. um, So I want to thank everybody for listening. I want to thank Matt Orton again for coming on and Psychic Witch, guys. Okay, you're going to find all sorts of links to everything that he's involved in 
and we're going to have that all in the description of everything and you'll be able to find those on our website as well all right yes and yes what are we doing I'm also going next to, episode oh i am oh, also go going to throw one more thing out there for everybody you can send us on facebook what do you want the quote under lady book dragon's name to say mm. on the website for the foreseeable future and if you guys just submit quotes the best one will be placed on the website see for the time being you're just encouraging my pro- my cro- procrastination <laughs> until lady book dragon gives me a solid bio i'm just gonna mm. keep changing what's under her name <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, Yes, so we have a very exciting episode coming up next. Do we want to give them a little teaser? I don't know, man. Do we? 420, y'all. Yes. Yes. So next episode is going to be our 420 extravaganza. Um, And it will be released on 420, most likely around 10 or 11 o'clock at night. But it will still be released within the hours of 420. And we have coming on Melinda Whiteley, who is the leader of the Order of Hersini of the Corellian Tradition, which is a order of witches dedicated to studying the magical uses of cannabis. Yes, in that book we talked about earlier, where I was telling Cloud, "Don't feel stupid if you got to read it twice." We're going to be going over. We're going to be talking about that book. That's going to be the book of the week next week. Yes, and that book is awesome. I'm. I'm I'm a few chapters into it and it is I'm very very much enjoying it right yeah, now. Yeah, so. like not to get too much into it but it is for a magic book it is very science heavy. Yes. So be sure to tune in next episode where it's probably going to be a train wreck. Oh, more than likely going to be a train wreck. Look, because listen, we got listen, listen, I got edibles. Yep. Yep. And that's happening. So It's happening. Until next time, guys. Bright blessings, blessed be. Thank you for listening to Witchcraft Grenade, and we'll see y'all next week. Blessed be, and remember to stay hydrated, kids. Yes. Get lots of sleep. Drink water. Get sleep. Drink, drink water. Get sleep. You are a plant with complex emotions. Yes. And, uh, you know, be good to each other out there, everybody. See you next week. See you next week.